0: So this is a completely different... Yeah. This is a new thing that you're starting. This is a new thing. This is the second one. Who was the first one? Uh,
1: Keegan and Amon. So, but you guys are... You got Ottawa. Yep. Ottawa's the three of us. And then this is me whenever I want with whoever I want about whatever I want. Okay. Uh, With the general topic being talking about success. Oh, so it's a success podcast. Yeah. So I'm getting recognition for it among friends by having them on it and talking about it. And so I'm calling it fake it as in fake it till you make it. (laughs) Yeah. And talking to people about stuff that's going on and whatever I feel like. And then also talking about success. Okay. So I don't know. The stuff that I gave you to look at is, uh, it's fine. I'll talk about whatever. I'll just talk. Yeah. So. And uh, I put in music at the end because last time I had you on a podcast, you said you could talk for hours about music. And so we can I really round can. it out with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but first, and this is already recording, so we've already started. Oh. Um, <laughs> but, it's fine. No, it's good. Okay. <laughs> Wait, are you going to edit all this? No, I'm not. I'm leaving it in. But. No, it was good. You, you have me asking you about your podcast. Yeah, and I want to explain I, it. I should have known before. No, this is what I want. Okay, I want real. All right. And so, first that I want to talk to you about. Well, second, I guess technically, uh, is I want to hear more about your interaction with Jason Siegel in Europe and your trip to Europe in general. But that story. Let me let me tell you about. Yeah, let's put, let's leave the entire
0: trip on the back burner yeah. for now. Um, no, so Becca and I uh, went to Europe. And we stopped off in London first, which was which was great. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by London. I didn't think that it was going to be as exciting as it was. I'm a huge history nerd, and so there's a lot of history, a lot of culture there. You got the British Museum, you've got the um, the British Library, um, <clears throat> and then at night, the London just the nightlife, just the scene, just like bursts into this. Flurry of activity with All these different characters and all these different People and like all this entertainment And I just didn't know it was such a Cosmopolitan city
1: I just expected it to be like Old stuffy and Yeah I would have thought it was more like Ottawa Like it would be kind of <laughs> 9 to 5 maybe go a bit later than 5 But that it would shut down at night
0: No so apparently in London I think it's it's customary This is what uh, This is what we read That it's customary to Go out right after work Like, everybody goes out right after work for drinks and what have you Mm -hmm. and appetizers and that kind of thing. And then they go home. Um, And so when we were walking around downtown London, it would be around, like, 7 or something. And it's, like, crazy. Like, there are so many people. It's so Mm -hmm. exciting. And I guess it was because of that because people are just – they're just starting to go out or they're just, you know, winding down to go home. But on, like, the Friday or Saturday night, it's, like, people, like, went out went home, got ready for, like, a big night out, and then came back like it was... Or, I don't know. Anyway, it was... So it was it was great. It was exciting to see. So then, after London, um, we went to Paris, um, which <clears throat> I know Paris gets a lot of recognition for being this wonderful, romantic city, but I didn't like Paris as much as I thought I was going to like it. Which isn't to say... Like, I it's not like I didn't like Paris at all and that I hated it, but... I just really didn't see what all the fuss was about. Okay. Paris in itself, other than the museums and the architecture, like the buildings there were really beautiful. The museums, the art was really beautiful. Um, there's a lot of history in Paris, obviously, because that's where a lot of intellectuals and a lot of, free spirit artists came to feel inspired and they produced these wonderful masterpieces and that kind of thing. And you had all these people, all these painters would get together, all these writers would get together and they would really talk about it, um, about their craft and they would really develop. So a lot of, a lot of things, especially in like the 19th and 20th, early 20th century, like a lot of great things came out of Paris. But when I went there, it seemed a little bit dirty, a little bit sketchy in some places and it was just the it was like the whole city was a, was a tourist attraction i'm picturing montreal right now as you're describing
1: <laughs> that <laughs>
0: so london london is the ottawa yeah. of europe and paris is the montreal <laughs> of europe um no, you know so it, it a lot of it was that everywhere we went someone was trying to sell us something okay um whether it be like cheap Trinkets or beer that was coming out of like a bucket or you know, or there was always that constant threat of being pickpocketed yeah um, which we so there was a lot of sketchy people coming up to you and you don't know what they want or like you know so it was somewhat uncomfortable but i I did love seeing the architecture and seeing the art so we yeah. went to the Louvre yeah because um, I do love art and I like I mentioned I do love history yeah and it was really great to go see some of these great pieces um and so we're in the Louvre and we have an audio guide um on uh we each had Becca has an iPhone I had an iPod and we were listening to this audio guide about the Louvre and we were standing there and we were uh looking at this painting while listening to this audio guide and I was standing a little bit behind Becca and there was sort of a crowd. It was... The Louvre, obviously, is going to be fairly crowded. And all of a sudden, in the corner of my eye, I see a guy who is taller than everybody else. Right. And I look over to see, like, who's that person who's just much taller than everybody else. And uh, I look, and it's Jason Siegel And my heart... <laughs> this was a flutter.
1: It leapt out of your chest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it really did. I I was so excited. I couldn't believe it. I was like, that couldn't possibly be him. And then I was like, no, it's the Louvre and it's Paris. It could totally be him. It's yeah. not like I'm seeing Jason Siegel like in Ottawa or like in like Kitchener, Ontario. Sure. you know, this is Paris. Like people, <laughs> people come here. <laughs> yeah. So so then I started. Just grappling at Becca, um, just like I was, just like grabbing her. I was trying to get her attention, and later on she told me that she was a little bit frustrated because she's like what like because I was really I was really excited to be in the Louvre yeah and I was like oh look at this look, look at that that's really cool and so I started like grabbing at her and she kind of turned around and I was like what like why are you grabbing me like the paintings aren't going anywhere like yeah. what could you possibly and I was like that is Jason Siegel and she's like no it's not <laughs> and I was like at this point he had made it to the other side of the room sure. so I grabbed her hand and I said you come with me right now and we're gonna go look at this gentleman and you tell me that that." not Jason <laughs> Siegel. and so we walk over and we see him, and she's like, "That's Jason Siegel. and I was like, "Yeah," and we started freaking out, we started laughing and stuff. And what he was doing was he was he was having a a private tour of the Louvre. Right. So I think it was him and his wife or girlfriend. I don't know. Girlfriend. You know girlfriend yeah okay so it was him and his girlfriend and then a tour guide um and they were discussing uh this painting and he was just like looking up but you know what the whole thing because i think i know a little bit about his girlfriend i don't know if she's an artist Uh,
1: she's the person who was either married to or dating heath ledger first if i recall correctly i forget who it is i don't remember their name but uh, it wasn't michelle williams okay well that's the last person that i remember okay it was it was someone else it
0: was someone else um so, because I would have freaked out over sure. Michelle Williams as well. So with Becca, because she loves Dawson's Creek. Um, anyway, so so this person it seemed it almost seemed like jason was being dragged through the Louvre. (laughs) he had that look on his face where it was just like this pleasant smile but it was like i wish i could be anywhere but here right now but he's just being nice because his significant other probably really wanted to do this or something like that like all guys know that smile like we all know that face that we make when we're doing something we don't (laughs) want to do (laughs) um so anyway, so we're freaking out, and um, then they walk over to the other side of the room now, where I first saw him, and they started looking at the painting that we were looking at when I first spotted him. And um, so we follow him, and I was like, "What do we do?" Because we didn't want to be those people, you know? Like we you didn't already want, were, but you didn't want we didn't. We were, <laughs> but we didn't. Well, but we didn't want him to see us being those people. Yeah. Like we are, we're we're completely content being those people. You know, out of his view. But, um, so Becca was just like, okay, well, we can't both just stand here and stare at him. So why don't you look at him for a little bit while I turn (laughs) around and then we switch and then I look at him while you turn around. (laughs) We can't both just look at him. So I I was on the first, the first shift of, of looking at him. And so I just kind of like, I wanted him to look over. How close were you? Um, um, I would say... Oh, it's hard to... Like 20 feet, no, 50 no, no. feet? No, no, I would say that I was probably 10 feet away from okay. him. Okay. And um, so I stepped forward a little bit, and just like his spidey senses went off, he looked over <laughs> at me, and he smiled and he nodded in the most gentle, just amazingly charismatic and cool... <laughs> Laid back, chill way ever. Okay, as if to say, "You are correct, sir. I am in fact Jason Segel." <laughs> That's amazing. That's exactly how I imagined he would respond. And and all I could muster up the strength to do was just stand there like an idiot with this smile plastered across my face, just waving at him. Um, and I was waving. So you, did, you, I was just automatically like, waved. Yeah, I was just like waving at him with this like fast paced wave that only went in like one plane it wasn't like hey how do you, it was just
1: like this this windshield wiper yeah. uh, karate kid wax so on wax on his, wax his reaction because he's done this all, he does this all the time it's, yeah. I'm yeah I'm Jason Siegel, I'm cool I get it like I'm charismatic and your response is I'm an idiot <laughs> you are Jason Siegel.
0: <laughs> I'm a total idiot who is gonna wave at you like I'm five years old <laughs> And so he, you know, he nodded and he smiled and I waved at him and then he went and looked back at the painting that that they were
1: it's probably the Mona at. Lisa or something it's not that important <laughs> we've all seen it. It
0: wasn't the Mona Lisa which side note wasn't as spectacular as people might think nope, it is. It's pretty small. It is very small and it looked very dull. I know it's yeah. old, it's like from the 1500s or whatever, but um People were flocked around it, and I I knew before I went that it was underwhelming, yeah. and so I didn't expect much, and it pretty much met my expectations. Like it it was just a painting. I know that there's a lot of technical things that yeah. are great about it, but. Anyway, so that was so seeing Jason Siegel was after the Mona Lisa, and immediately after seeing him, Becca and I were just like, that was infinitely better than the Mona Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> like this, <laughs> our tickets to the Louvre were completely like validated and yeah. like worth it just by seeing him. So we sat down, and Becca and I were kind of smiling, giggling, freaking out like little schoolgirls, and he walked past us. And I, my plan was not to look at him. Like, I already had my time with him and I didn't want to be like overbearing as a fan. And so we weren't looking at him. We were just kind of like looking around. And then when he walked past, he looked at us and he smiled and he said, and he waved and he said, hey guys. And I tried after crashing <laughs> and burning in front of him yeah. and looking like a complete fool. Um, I tried to be really, really cool. And I was just like, what's up, man? And Becca, Becca just like smiled and like giggled and he kept walking. And, uh, and then we just like freaked out. And at this point, I think there was another couple who might've been from somewhere in North America who were realizing that it was him, but all they were doing was smiling and giggling and like taking a bunch of pictures of him, which we did. We took pictures of him, like. Becca and I pretended that we were taking pictures of ourselves, but really focused on him in the background, or um, wanted him to be in the background. Becca took a really great picture that I don't think she's posted yet on Facebook, but it's just him. Like, she zooms in on just him looking at the the painting. So we did that, but they were like, they weren't being coy about it. Like, they were just freaking out. (laughs) So he went into another room and we were like, should we follow him? No. Let's not follow him. We want to give him a space. He's on a private tour. This is Quite obviously, he's on vacation. We don't want to bother him. So we went into the next room and we continued our our, uh, our tour of the Louvre. And the next room was a bunch of sculptures, I believe. And we were looking at these sculptures. And again, I was in a different part of the room than Becca was. And Becca came over to me and she's like, it happened again. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, he's over there. Do you see him? And and at that point he was kind of in a corner. I couldn't really see him. But what Becca said was that she was looking at a sculpture and all of a sudden she just like looked up and Jason Siegel was already looking at her smiling and saying hi. And she was just like giggled and put her head down and like ran over to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he's like it's like cuz a few minutes had passed so it's like he recognized us from before right. and he was just saying hi again. And so that was awesome and then we he left the room and I think he went out into like the courtyard or something of the Louvre. And we um we took a washroom break and um standing outside of the washrooms uh you can you're near the cafeteria and we saw him go into the cafeteria so we were just like okay. Should we
1: I'm Manu- pretty hungry. So. Yeah.
0: Well, we were like, should we manufacture another quote unquote chance encounter with Jason Siegel? And so we debated that for five minutes until I said, you know what? Let's just do it. It's been enough time now that he won't think that we're following him. Like he's, it's been five minutes. Yeah. So we went in, we pretended to look at the incredibly overpriced food in the (laughs) cafeteria and consider that we're going to buy it. And when we went in, he was at the front of the line paying for his food. And it's kind of like, it was kind of weird. It was kind of like seeing your teacher at the grocery store. Like, yeah. Celebrities don't pay for things, right? Like, they're celebrities. Like, they don't have to use money. They just grab it and leave. Yeah. It's like, I'm Jason Siegel. That's my currency. Yeah. Um, So, anyway, so he was at the front of the line. Then he went and sat down and, um, I decided, like, oh, let's let's walk past him. Because he was at the very front of the cafeteria. He wasn't trying to hide, like, out of view sure. of everybody. And so we could see him. He was at the very front. And I said, let's walk past him. Pretend like we don't see him. Pretend that we're looking at food. And then on the way back, we'll interact with him. <laughs> so we walked past him. He was there eating. Uh, we pretend We didn't look at him. I saw him in the corner of my eye. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he saw us or not. We went, we looked at these counters of like food and stuff like that. Nothing really looked good. And so we went to another counter and nothing looked good. So we went back and we were leaving the cafeteria. And this is when I looked at him and I said, oh, hey, I pointed at him as if I had just noticed that he was there. And I said, oh, hey, are you following us, man? And he laughed. <laughs> he threw his head back and laughed and he continued eating whatever he was eating. And I said, see you later. And then we walked out and then we left the Louvre because just nothing (laughs) could get better caught that. (laughs) And so we were freaking out and Becca had this complete like fantasy of like what if we run into him again and he comes over and he says, "Oh man, this must be fate that I keep running into you. Let's be friends." And he like <laughs> and he like asks us out to like go to dinner with him and like spend the rest of his vacation with him. We become <laughs> friends with Jason Segel and like what and I was like, "That's not going to happen." Cuz so you're like, "I run. wish it would." I really yeah. wish it did, but yeah. um so that was that was meeting Jason Segel and that was That was a highlight, a highlight of the trip and of, um, and of being in Paris too.
1: You could theoretically still make a Missed Connections ad. (laughs) I tweeted him. I saw Jason
0: Segel and I said hi. (laughs) I tweeted him that night and I said, thanks for being so cool. Um, while my girlfriend and I completely geeked out at your awesome presence, um, so did you even say at the Louvre? Did you mention? No, at the Louvre. Yeah. Okay, I said, okay. Thanks for being so cool at the Louvre while my girlfriend. And um, but he, w- from what I what it looks like, he's not very active on Twitter.
1: He's not very active, and most celebrities just get like thousands of people just talking yeah. about them, so yeah. that it gets lost in noise. And I don't think you can direct message them because why could you?
0: Uh, can you direct message
1: celebrities? Some of the I, I think you
0: can turn the you can turn the setting yeah. on. I don't think that was an option don't. for him. No. Yeah. So yeah, he probably he probably won't ever see it. Yeah. It's um, gone now. Like, it's, it's gone now, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. too far. <laughs> I can tweet him again. He <laughs> could he could every day just the every same. Every day message. just tweet him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a great, great experience. And that was my that was my first like real Celebrity like encounter where they actually like acknowledged me sure because I've seen celebrities I've seen other celebrities before um, and it was just like they were walking by or they were passing by and everybody was freaking out over them mm-hmm. um, like who? Um, well, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen Nick Cannon before. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw Oprah one time. She was walking through a hotel. It was because okay. she was doing her like life lessons thing tour or something. And she came to Hamilton. And so Becca and her family went and saw them, saw her and they got a tip that she was staying at this particular hotel. Oh. So they went to try see okay. her. Um, and she walked by and she was shorter than I thought she was. Huh. Um, and when I was in New York one time, I saw Amy Schumer before I knew it was Amy Schumer. Before you knew she had a show and was a comedian and all that. Yeah, I just saw I just saw this this woman. So what happened was uh, we were in Central Park, and there was all this TV equipment and these vans and this camera, and they were setting up. And um, we were like, "Oh, what's going on?" I mean, it's Central Park. They film a ton of movies here or TV shows. So, you know, it's, it could be something really legit. And so we saw these two people, this guy and this girl, and the girl had on this wig. And I, I, I thought it was her real hair because she had, she had, um, she had a hat on. It was in the, it was in November or December. So it was cold. So she had a hat and they had, uh, uh, coats on. And so, we went over to someone who was holding like a clipboard, and we were like, "What are you guys? What are you guys doing here?" And uh, they said, "Oh, we're filming a television show." And th- and I was probably about uh, same, like probably about like eight to ten feet away from Amy Schumer, right. and she was looking at me, and you know, look, I don't know what the look was, like maybe she felt embarrassed that, that, that she Will
1: had to Smith? wear. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> she was geeking out over a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> that was not there. Um I don't know if she was I don't know if she was like worried because she might have looked a little weird and like was like yeah. self-conscious or something or she might have thought that I was going to be completely weird or something but I, I asked what what show are you guys filming and they just said, "Oh, it's just a TV show." Like that's all it is. And I was like, why, why do you have to be so top secret about it? Thinking about it now, I think probably they didn't have the name for the TV show yeah. yet. Because I think this was like the, one of the first episodes for... It was one of the first skits for one of the first episodes for right. In, Inside Amy Schumer. And um, yeah, so I was like, okay, fine. So we kept walking. And months, and months after, because I, I kept, on YouTube, I kept getting recommendations for watching clips from inside Amy Schumer. Right. And finally, I just I just watched one, and I watched a few of them, and then I watched one where it was the skit about, she gets a perm, and it was a really bad yeah. perm, and then she falls in love with this guy that she runs into <laughs> the street, on, on the street, and it turns out that he's not in love with her, he's in love with her perm. Right. And... Um, so the final scene is in central park where he, uh, proposes to her and then things go awry and then he runs away and that kind of thing. And I've recognized that whole scene and the setup. And then I recognized Amy Schumer as being the woman that I saw right. when I asked about the TV show. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I met Amy Schumer or I didn't meet her. Yeah. I, I was near Amy Schumer and right. she looked at me and was listening to me ask questions and I didn't even <laughs> know it was her. So I think I've gotten better at meeting celebrities. Yeah, sounds like <laughs> it. Next time I meet a celebrity, I will actually be friends. They'll have to be a
1: bigger celebrity. You got yeah. to keep stepping up.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I mean, in our eyes, in your eyes, is there any bigger a uh, celebrity than Jason C? I I think
1: Paul Rudd's the only one that would be bigger. Yeah, yeah. but again, they're very, very close. Yeah. So. Oh man. Well, because I honestly, a small part of me, I I know you don't make stuff up like that, like. Someone like Keegan would make something up like that. Yep. But a small part of me was like, did he make that up? Even though I had a blurry photo. Not that blurry, but blurry enough that... Even with the photo, you were wondering if I made it up. I wanted to. I really wanted to believe it, but I was like, there's a tiny part. But then he was on the Colbert Report the next week uh-huh. promoting a book that he wrote. Because apparently right. he writes books too. Well, this is his everything. first yeah. His first book that he wrote for children, right? It's called yeah.
0: Nightmares or something?
1: It's Well, I don't think it is for children. I think it might have a, like a childish premise, but I think oh, I it, thought it was for kids. It could be both, maybe. Oh, I thought on Fallon I heard it was for kids. Um, His description didn't sound like it. It sounded like something I would enjoy reading too. Okay. okay. But uh, he mentioned that he was in France and so I was like, all right, this probably was him. So
0: up until that him. point you thought that I might have been lying no, I to was you? So
1: no, I was really enjoying that it that I ninety nine point nine percent thought it was the truth. But that <laughs> okay. that confirmed it to ninety nine point nine 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 nine. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I still don't know You don't know you for sure. It. Okay. You, this could be all be an elaborate ruse. You wait until
0: you see Becca's photo that she got the closer. Oh, photo. I'm excited. Yeah, and you'll know that it was him.
1: I'm gonna ask her for that photo and then you I'm should. gonna put it
0: Frame it just I'm like the other ones. Put a link to it
1: when I post this.
0: Okay, fine. <laughs> you get the photo from Becca. I promise you, you will not be
1: disappointed. <laughs> Any other celebrity encounters?
0: Um, no. Okay, no. My my mom once um, was approached by Martin Sheen as when she was younger and in an airport. And he approached her and said that she looked really, really beautiful. Wow. So Martin Sheen hit on my mom. Wow. So
1: there's that. That's kind of something.
0: Yeah. That's like encounter by association, I guess. (laughs)
1: Just, this is long before you we were born, though. Yeah, I think. Probably. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so not really. Yeah. By very, very distant association. If it was a few months before you we were born, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's switch gears a bit. Sure. Because part of this show, uh, I'm calling it Fake It mm-hmm. because I am basically faking it doing all this media stuff until I can make it. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to talk with people that, that I see as doing things that are interesting and, and successful. Is that why I'm here? That's very, I think. Okay. That's flattering. And because you do, you do things in work and in your personal life that I would consider like I would consider you successful. And so I want to talk, maybe not your, maybe not your, you you wouldn't say you're your pinnacle, but yeah, You're getting there. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Um, So I want to talk a bit about what success means to you. And I know there are lots of different sort of forms of success. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of different ways you can be successful in your career and making money. You can be successful in your life. You can be successful in hobbies, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so maybe just start by talking a bit about what you think personally success is for you.
0: No, I, I don't know if it's the age that we are right now, but I'm really I've really actually been thinking about that a lot. I think that's something that a lot of people think about, especially around our age, mm-hmm. you know, in their mid 20s. They're trying to just like get their roots in and, and try and start a great life for themselves. So I've been thinking about it a lot. And I think that success, the the sort of all encompassing definition I could come up with is success is when you do something with your life that you enjoy. Um, and, you know, where this came out of was I've been thinking for the last couple of years, actually, I've been thinking a lot about my own mortality, like knowing that life isn't forever and there will be a day where I die and I might take this uh, a little you know, in a morbid direction a little bit it's not morbid it's reality it's reality yeah. so everybody everybody's born and then they live and then they die and success for me is not spending too much time doing nothing uh spending time doing something that's fulfilling um I personally really love music. I love writing and performing and listening and watching music. And for me, success would be if I could make a career or make a living out of doing uh, music, something involved with music that I enjoy. So I just think that's all it is. I don't, I don't want to put in money into it or, you know, that kind of thing. I, I just think it's like when you've when you reach a point where you are incredibly fulfilled in whatever you're doing, then you are successful. Um, if you can make a living out of that thing that you're doing, then that's a bonus. But if we're talking about the grand scheme of things, if we're talking about your purpose for living, um, I think that it's much more meaningful to go after something that makes you feel fulfilled. Um, something that you can, something that you could do for free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you make a career out of that thing, then more power to you. I think that's success. That's cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. I like that. I like the thought because that's a lot of what I'm doing right now is <laughs> free. I'm actually about to hit the minimum amount that YouTube slash Google uh, requires you to make to pay you, mm-hmm. which is pretty exciting. Next month, I think I hit that. It's, it's very low. But no, I, but I mean, you're going to get something. paid.
0: It is yeah. something. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, Google is writing me a check next month.
0: That's that's the coolest sentence ever.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: that's really cool. Yeah,
1: congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, all of it. I I first started. It's called AdSense. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you get ad, you put ads on YouTube videos and on websites and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I first started it back in I think 2011, maybe mm-hmm. early 2012, mm-hmm. and nothing happened really until basically this February. Yeah, and things have been picking up speed i would say yeah so i'm
0: well i mean you you are involved in a lot of different areas of media yeah i
1: I got to the point where a traditional job wasn't getting me anywhere personally Mm -hmm. like when i was working i was making money but it it wasn't giving me any personal satisfaction yeah and so i started one thing at a time i mean i started working with sons of pluto yeah and which we, yeah, extremely immensely. Well, appreciate. I, I also appreciate it yeah. because it gives me an opportunity to invest in you guys and invest in the band and also invest in myself because yeah. I'm learning skills and I've picked up video editing skills and audio editing skills that yeah. I wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have had any way to do that yeah without yeah. this jumping off point. And yeah. so I'm, I know that I have a lot of talented friends and friends that have skills that I think I can compliment and so in the projects I do it's either me or it's me and a couple people that I think are interesting and talented and I know I have I have a lot of technical savvy and so if I can bring people together and be able to put stuff on the internet I'm gonna want to keep doing that Mm. so you've been working on it for years I've been building, I've been, I was building really slowly, really, really slowly to start, yeah. but it's, it's picked up the pace this, starting this spring.
0: It's great because it's good to see your friends doing things. Cause I've, I've been, I've been seeing you everywhere recently Yeah, on Facebook. Um, I've been seeing you with all the different, um, the podcasts that like an Ottawa podcasts and. Different videos and video blogs and like yeah. that kind of thing, and I think it's great and and it's great to see your friends doing something that they enjoy but doing something that's meaningful because you you don't just talk about whatever like you talk about really cool things and you and you express your opinion in really articulate ways about some really really tough issues and I think if anybody has the chance that they should listen and watch everything that you've done because, because it's really, it's really interesting stuff. And so that to me would be a success. Like you might not be making, or, you know, Google, Google's going to write you a check, but it's not going to be for very much. But I consider that successful because you are doing something that you love. I mean, it'd be great if you, if you or myself with music, like took it a step further, you know, and, and made like a career out of it or did it full time but it's still a small level of success which is great and we're in our 20s yeah. so we have time yeah, to do, exactly to do things my a friend of mine um, uh, from back home he just opened his own fitness center it's like a fitness and wellness center and he had been talking about it for years and years he'd always been a personal trainer um, you know played football like that kind of thing coaching football and he always talked about you know um, just opening up his own fitness center. And he finally did it this year. And he he quit his job. He worked at this big gym, that, like this chain gym. And um, he realized that he was being underappreciated. Yeah. And he quit his job and he got a loan and he invested money into this thing. He didn't know if it was going to work or not. And he built this thing. He literally with his hands, with his brothers and with his friends, like they built this thing, they tore it down, they painted, they put the lighting in, they put the equipment in and everything. And now I get these uh, Facebook. uh, I see these Facebook posts about um, this place. It's called boom fitness and it's in, it's in, um, it's in Guelph. And it's it's just so awesome to see something that my friend created, like from the ground Mm -hmm. up. And there's a sense of pride where you're seeing something, someone that you really care about doing something, excelling at something they've always wanted to do. And that's the feeling that I get when I see you. Like when you when you're doing all this stuff, like I see you excelling. Like you're you're putting yourself out there more and more and more. And I feel like it's gonna even just start to. I think it's going to start to snowball Yeah. and uh, <laughs> you might, you, we might see you on, maybe we'll see you on TV
1: someday. I don't want to jinx it, but I, I, I don't think that jinxes it. Okay. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen regardless it's, of you saying, I that. suppose
0: so. I suppose so. But for me, like, so with my friend as an example and with you as an example, for me with music, it's like, you know, success, I think also is being true to yourself and taking that risk. So my friend, quit his job he didn't have a job and he put everything he had into building this thing from the ground up yeah so for me the only thing the only sort of drawback that i see right now is i'm not putting that extra effort or creating that extra push into like pursuing music as a career or like writing or producing music or something like that that to me would be true success
1: for me on a personal level Um, it's terrifying it is thinking about jumping like like but anything that's worthwhile is yeah. terrifying. Oh, of course. No, right? no, no not, to, not to take anything away from doing right. it. But no, yeah, man. yeah.
0: It is, it is terrifying. And, you know, it's on my mind every day. And, again, like, I've been thinking about my own mortality. And I think every day that I don't do something about it is a day wasted. Because that's a day closer to me dying and yeah. passing away. And I think that everybody, like, I think one of the saddest things is when you you are born and you live your life and you die and nobody knows who you are. Mm. Like, you know, we're still talking about Pablo Picasso or we're still talking about Leonardo da Vinci, you know, and he died hundreds and hundreds of years ago, but he had that lasting impression. We're still talking about John Lennon and George, George Harrison. Yeah. Um, so these are people that did things. Um, Robin Williams who died very sadly, uh, just recently, like that hit me like a, Like that really got me. Yeah. That hit me like a punch to the gut. Like, but Robin Williams was so brilliant and we're going to love Robin Williams for the rest of our lives. And people that come after us are going to love Robin Williams. And so for me, it's like, how can I do that? I don't want to, I'm not trying to get on the same level as Robin Williams in the same level. Yeah.
1: Not, not right away.
0: No, but like, (laughs) I like to do something meaningful with my life. I'd like to create art. I'd like to create music that I can leave with people and say like this was me like this is this was damien brooms because you only live once and like you have to leave something you have to leave some sort of legacy um whether it's your children or you know a lot of money a lot of wealth that you worked hard to accumulate but for me i feel like if i left really good quality pieces of art um, in the form of music then that would be really fulfilling yeah uh, because otherwise, I'm just some other person who
1: just lived and died. Yeah. You know, uh, just did I hear you say YOLO at one point back there? You yeah. only live <laughs> once. Yep. For you kids out place.
0: there, that's the more articulate way of saying YOLO. <laughs> uh,
1: but you do so. It's, I, true.
0: it's like, why would you waste your time yeah. doing something that you don't
1: want to do? Yeah. And and, and there are ways that you can help the like leave your mark on the world without necessarily being known without your name being mm-hmm. out there there are people there are botanists I'm forgetting his name right now and this is again a symptom <laughs> yeah. of but uh, he worked on crop development mm-hmm. and he, he's credited with saving a billion lives mm-hmm. that would have been lost in malnutrition mm-hmm. like again nobody knows who he is mm-hmm. unless you watch a video on YouTube or, or listen to someone talk about how nobody knows who he is right but like there are ways to leave your mark people like when it, when Bill Gates eventually dies, mm-hmm. is he going to be remembered as the guy who founded Microsoft? Or is he going to be remembered as the guy that saved millions of lives through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation? Who knows? I mean, he has done... I would say he's probably done more work for his foundation. Yeah. And he's... I would agree. Yeah. He's donated more money than most people will ever see in their entire lives. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, that Bill and
0: Melinda Gates, they're um, a huge donor for, for my work yeah. for micronutrient initiative and just with crop development and, and malnutrition, like that's something that I'm currently involved in, which is good. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, it's a good fallback. If I'm not going to be, at least I'm still just doing something <laughs> yeah. somewhat meaningful yeah. in my life.
1: <laughs> you, can, you can have a, we are the world benefit. <laughs> yeah,
0: Marry the two. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny cause the people, the people I work with, um, especially with the marketing side of things, external relations, they were trying to get this, like, campaign to try and get micronutrient initiative more recognized in, like, North America because we're very recognized in developing countries um, for doing work with, like, vitamins and minerals. And so they they were saying, like, how can we like who what celebrity endorsement can we get in order to kind of bring us to the forefront you know like certain like matt damon does stuff for yeah. people leonardo dicaprio sean penn like so what what celebrity can and does tom green do anything like that <laughs> i'm not sure tom green does much of anything <laughs> um but uh they were saying well who's most likely to be a celebrity around here and they said, Damien, you're you're probably most likely to be a celebrity." I was like, "Well, I'm very far off from being a celebrity," <laughs> but they're like, "Well, you're kind of our only hope right now. So all yeah. you have to do is just go get famous, and then
1: you can endorse us, and then we would be we would blow up on a world scale." One of the things that that makes me think of something really interesting that I've been trying to do at work more is let people know that you're interested in exploring something new. Yeah. Like, if you're already getting paid by micronutrient initiative mm-hmm. to do work and they say, Hey, we need something to promote. We want to like reach out, be like, Hey, I could write a song. Like mm-hmm. I could try to, I could try to write a song and mm-hmm. make some art that would promote micronutrient initiative. Uh, I've been at work like right now I'm formatting reports, mm-hmm. but there's other stuff that, uh, defense research and, uh, development council or of Canada does, like there are scientific letters and there are briefs and there's all this stuff. But right now I'm just doing reports Mm -hmm. and it's like government. It's kind of slow. And so I'm (laughs) this week I was like, I can do other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's interesting. Like it's, it's helpful and people, I don't think people do that enough. Like put themselves out there even, even when they're already in somewhere, right? Like step out of your comfort zone every once in a while. Just be like, by the way, I have this other thing that I can bring to where I am. Well, it it is interesting because,
0: yeah, you'll be able to lend your your skills on a different level, because, I mean, on your CV, you only mention things that are pertinent to that position. Right. But if you were to mention also like for you, like all the other things that you're capable
1: of doing, which are there is no shortage of things that you are capable of doing. And people like us, I'm going to lump you in there because Uh, I've absolutely seen you do it we aren't limited to what we know how to do. Yeah. We're limited to what we know how to learn. Yeah. There's very little limit to that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah, it's interesting. It's so for me at my, at my work, like everybody knows that I'm a musician. mm -hmm. Everybody knows that I am somewhat of a foodie and everybody knows that I love movies and television. Like everybody, everybody knows that about me and they probably knew that within like the first week of of, of me working there because on the other level, too, it's it's about forming um, not just work relationships, but I, I really try and thrive on really getting to know the people that I work with. And so if we talk about – if we have a, a sort of a common interest in, like, movies or television or music or that kind of thing, then that's where we connect. And I find that that also helps my work relationship with that yeah. person. Like, if I need something to be done urgently, then they, they know me. They know that I'm not that kind of guy to – to cry wolf, you know, and they'll do it. Or they know that they can approach me. And um, I have been approached uh at work in other capacities other than what my job description is. And right. it's cool because you need to know that you have those people around.
1: Yeah. Like absolutely.
0: you know, there there are some things that will be outside of the box of the regular like day-to-day work stuff that you need someone to accomplish for you and you need to know who you can go to whether it's you whether it's me like so I think you you're right like you definitely need to let people know that you can do other stuff yeah. because so many people just identify with what their job is but yeah. especially People are so much more than that. Like you're not, you're more than what you are between nine and five Monday to yeah. Friday. Like you have so, you have like 16 other hours in the yeah. day. Like what are yeah, you doing exactly. with that time? You know, like
1: I've, I've actually heard that that's a really, really North American thing mm-hmm. that in Europe it's, you don't like, it doesn't even come up as a question. Like, Oh, what do you do? Mm-hmm. People get to know who you are and they don't really care what you do during the day. Right. And I I mean we could certainly do with more of that. I think so too. I think so too. Especially bosses for their employees. Yeah.
0: Like my the president of Micronutrient Initiative knows that I love music and that I play music. He also loves and has played music. He's been in a couple bands in his lifetime. So we really connect with that. He asked me when my next show is, um, you know, what when is your next show? i don't know
1: i I don't know what my
0: next show is we're working on that i know sons of pluto we are working on that um but yeah so i have a great relationship with the president um we don't really talk about work things because he's kind of way up there and i'm way down here um but but we we can talk to each other just from just on a guy-to-guy level yeah we can just sit there and just chat it up. And it's completely cool yeah. because we have that thing. Like he knows that other thing about me. If he only knew me as a program assistant, we might not be able to talk about anything. Cause he doesn't know what I sure. do yeah. and I don't know what he does. Like we're too far apart <laughs> <laughs> on this, on the corporate ladder. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I have always been terrible at that. At mm-hmm. like when I'm at work, I don't make that many personal connections. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to people at work when I need to. But I'm, I don't even know if I'm bad, but I just don't interact with people unless it's talking about work. Yeah. And it's not, it's not good. It's not helpful. But it's not like it's, but, but it depends on who you are too. Like I, I love
0: getting to know, and I'm not saying you don't love getting to know people, but you know, it depends on who you are. If you're, if that's not something that you're comfortable with, you shouldn't force it.
1: No. And I, I don't. I know people. It's fine. Yeah, you know people. Yeah, yeah. We
0: have have
1: a really big group of friends. Yeah. We have a nice group of friends. So obviously you're not like this terrible person. No, I... The way I describe it, I'm not necessarily... Like, I wouldn't call myself necessarily introverted, but I don't feel a social need to talk if there's nothing to say. Mm -hmm. So, like, I can be in an elevator and not say a word to person, even if I know them. I don't like I don't need to talk to them. Right. I I don't let a silence become awkward. Yeah. And so I don't you just no need let, to break the awkwardness. You bit, just, just let them like, yeah. become awkward. <laughs> exactly. It's not awkward for you. If they if they start a conversation with me, then you're I'm gonna, perfectly normal yeah. responding. Yeah, yeah. And there are certain people obviously that and I think that I become friends with a lot of those people. mm mm-hmm because people will reach out to me like they'll right. walk up to me and say something right. and I'll respond perfectly normally but if I'm never going to meet anyone that's like me because we don't you, talk you're not going to talk to <laughs> yeah. each other
0: that's good that's and that promotes diversity in your relationships too because yeah. like you're going to have different friends like Perhaps yeah. So if we're talking about just comparing you and I at work, like I'm very out there and outgoing at work, whereas you might not be. But that's precisely what makes us such great friends. Is that I'm different than you are, and you're different than me. Oh, exactly. You know, and and that's what that's what really just makes life really really colorful. But it's it's not you don't you don't have to. You know, I, yeah, you're, you're completely fine where
1: you are and you don't have to feel like you're right. Like no, you need I, to,
0: and I know you don't yeah. feel that way.
1: I don't feel like I, and I'm never going to feel like I need to, but I it it want depends. to once in a while. Yeah.
0: Well, you should try it yeah, just exactly. like
1: a little bit, but
0: it depends on the work environment too. Okay. If, if people are just getting in there and just like putting their head down for eight hours and just doing their work and getting out. Yeah.
1: Like that doesn't promote that. No, it doesn't sense. I don't think that's how my work is, but I haven't, I, what I would want to do is to have people I work with stumble upon what I do outside of work. (laughs) Just kind of leave it there. Leave them little,
0: leave them little clues around the workplace. Exactly. Let them piece it together and be like, Rob. (laughs) Oh, wow. I never never knew. I had no idea.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I think, I think it says something that every time I've taken even if it's a small leap mm-hmm. in my personal life if i've gone outside my comfort zone mm-hmm. reached out to another human being that's mm-hmm. in a in a higher position than me in life mm-hmm. it has gone very positively mm-hmm. Every job I've gotten has been because I didn't sit there and do nothing. It's the time I put myself out there is the time that something positive happened in my life.
0: That's that's what you have to do all the time. You have to put yourself out there in order to gain any advancement, any, any footing anywhere. Like nobody ever got anything done just sitting in in their living room, just sitting there staring at the wall. Like yeah. nobody has ever gotten anything right. done like that. Like you have to, and any person who's gained some sort of a success had to sacrifice something, um, and, and had to put themselves out there. That's any the only time that you can gain any sort of advancement. Um, gain any footing is where you, where you put yourself out there, where you step outside of your comfort zone. Cause we're all like, when we're in our comfort zone, we're, it's not good to be comfortable. It's not good to yeah. be like complacent, right? You have to move, you have to yeah. keep moving. You have to keep, Trying to be
1: better. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's one of the reasons that I mean, I think we share this a very well documented disdain for pants. <laughs> and for pants, I don't like pants. Uh, you like? Pa- I mean, I I like walking around in my boxers. Right, and versus if pants, you yeah. have to put <laughs> pants on and it's not a formal situation, you're going to pick sweatpants first. <laughs>
0: No, so, I
1: don't no, wear at home. At home, no, but like when you want to be comfortable, you wear when you pants. want to get sweatpants. Yeah, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to make the joke that I always make with you <laughs> that you always wear sweatpants. No, but, not this time. Yeah, but
0: you're right. Like when, yeah, like when I come home, if I want to be comfortable, I put sweatpants yeah. on. Becca will come home. She, it doesn't matter what she's wearing on top. Like it doesn't matter if she's wearing like a nice blouse or something like that. She will put. She will just put sweatpants on yeah. and keep that because it's the pants that make the difference. Yeah. And like when we have to go out, we're just like, there's always a joke between us, like, oh, I have to put real pants on. Like oh, it's such a big deal.
1: <laughs> but I think there's something to be said for comfort. Mm-hmm. Um I find that I'm a lot more efficient if I'm comfortable. Like mm-hmm. I can do better work if I'm comfortable in other ways. Like if, okay. if I'm putting myself out there, I'm I'm I don't know if I'll ever really be comfortable. I'm getting more comfortable putting myself out there. But I'm always at my least comfortable when I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. And so it helps me in the rest of the time to be wearing comfortable clothes. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I love sweatpants or no pants because it's the most comfortable I can be while doing uncomfortable things. Yeah. Okay. But not in public. But, but no, of yeah, of course not in
0: public. You're you're a obviously not. <laughs> no, but I. But any anything like I said, anything that worthwhile that is worthwhile, sorry, is is gonna it's gonna cost something. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna cost you some comfort. Like if you want to become like an Olympic athlete or something like that, you're gonna have to put in the work. You have to push your body to the limit in order to be in top physical shape. But that's some work that you had to do. Like if you just sat on your couch and ate chips, (laughs) then you wouldn't achieve that same goal. Right. So it's all worthwhile. And maybe you work for a little bit so that you can become comfortable or you would like to reach that level of comfort that you aspire to reach. Yeah. No, but anything, anything is going to take work. It's yeah, yeah, it's not when I first
1: started podcasting, I've gone back and listened and watched And it's so uncomfortable for me. At the time, I was like, this is cool. I'm getting out there. And now I look back and it's so, it's so bad. It's so funny when you see,
0: so that's like me with, with music and like watching old footage of the band of Sons of Pluto.
1: Um, I don't know how we ever thought that we were good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, people kept telling you and I, like, if I look back at the old stuff, I know you guys are better now, but I can also put it in context. So I know that. You guys for, for what since, we were at that yeah, time. Exactly. I guess we were good. Yeah. But
0: yeah, we've improved so much more since then. And since then we've written our own songs and like, we're really comfortable with those songs and that kind yeah. of thing. So we're tighter as a band. Um, but just like looking
1: back, I just don't know how anybody let us on stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny because like I've, I've been to a lot of your shows and I've mm-hmm. recorded you guys when you're just playing music. Mm-hmm. And even in my own projects, I still know that there's a lot of low-hanging fruit mm-hmm. I can still see where you guys can improve or when I can improve mm-hmm. specifically me when like when I'm filming you guys uh, there's so many very obvious things that I know that I could do better mm-hmm. and it's it takes a full commitment it would take a grant of some kind or yeah. getting a loan or something yeah putting yourself out there yeah. put like putting both feet in basically yeah yeah So right now I'm content with what I have knowing that again, in six months or a year from now, if I'm still doing that, I'm still doing all this stuff or whatever I am still doing. I'm going to be able to look back at this today right now and be like, man, I'm so much better now. It's not that this is terrible. It's just that I know that it's going to keep improving. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have those benchmarks for, you know, and you can look back at
0: them and then it, it lets you know, it kind of like, it kind of um, verifies that sense of actually having done something or accomplished something. When you look back yeah. at what oh, yeah. you used to be like, then you can feel good about what you are at that point. Yeah. And you can also get motivated to keep going yeah. as well um, until you reach where you want
1: to want to be. Yeah, It's actually very comforting knowing where you can improve. Yeah, Even as you're doing something, knowing that next time you can make these changes and they'll be better. Even yeah. if you can't necessarily make those changes right now.
0: I often wonder what it what it's like for someone who's at the top of anything. Yeah, like when you when you see musicians um, at the top of their game, it must be. And I think our group of friends we've talked about this before, but like at some point, and we talked about just with musicians, creativity runs out at some point. And, like, when you're at the top of your game, like, I feel like that's when you're most fragile and that's when you should be the most scared because, like, you will never be better than what you are right now. (laughs) And it's downhill from that point. Um, So that's an interesting thought that I often have just because, like, you might – an outside person might look at them and say, oh, my goodness, that person is the greatest. He's accomplished so much or she's accomplished so much, broken so many barriers – but for them, it must be like I've got nothing left
1: yeah. to do. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you say that because, like, there's a Wayne Gretzky quote: "Go to where the puck is going to be, not where it is." Mm. I'm paraphrasing that, but uh, the, the best people, the most successful people, don't get to that pinnacle and say, "Oh man, like, look where I came from. Like, I'm at the top now." Mm-hmm. They are already planning where they're going to go next. So, like. So. Taylor Swift comes to mind. Yeah, she basically conquered country music. Yeah, and now she's a pop star. She made a yeah. pop album, or she's yeah. making it and putting it out. Yeah, like she's not sitting still. She's not. She's she's did country. She loved it. I'm I'm assuming, and now she's going to the next thing. So it's I su- not.
0: I suppose that 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 just speaks to the type of person that they are like they wouldn't that type of person who gets who achieves a lot of success wouldn't stop anyway because they have never exactly
1: yeah same with bill gates he made billions of dollars in microsoft and then he moved on and now he's doing even better work right giving this well and i suppose i
0: suppose so because often especially with creative people with like arts oriented kind of people There are many mediums that they're good at or interested in. So I suppose that if you feel like you've reached the level of success that you wanted with a a particular um, discipline of whatever it is that you're doing, you can just switch gears and go to something else. Like, you can be a singer who then turns into an actor. Like, Justin Timberlake turned into an actor (laughs) for a few years and did some movies, and then he came back to music. Like, I guess there's so many things that you can you can do. Um, and when you, when you gain that sort of notoriety and when you gain that sort of influence, then it's easier for you to move between disciplines. Star power in
1: in the case of an artist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I suppose, yeah, you can theoretically, you can, you can never stop. There's possibilities are endless, I guess. And
1: and there, there are, now I'm thinking, switching thoughts to tech companies and there are companies like Nokia, for instance, um, that are basically selling off stuff because they they did what they were really good at. They made yeah. very good phones, but then they didn't do anything new. Yeah. They tried to keep hold of a dying industry. Right. Whereas a company like Apple is going to consistently eat away at its own success. Like it's chasing its own tail, basically. Yeah. They're saying, look how successful we are. Let's beat that ourselves. Yeah. And so...
0: But what do you think about Apple? I was actually going to bring that up. Yeah.
1: I feel like
0: the rate and the amount of advancements that Apple is making is slowing down considerably since like 2006 or whenever it was. You know, I feel like they've been on this meteoric rise in innovation, and now they they I just feel like they might be slowing
1: down mm-hmm. um, and soon they're gonna run out of ideas. What do you think? it's It's possible. It depends on the group of people that are there. Um, but people have been saying that exact sentence for 15 years and they keep, they keep moving. Like they did the iPod and they could have been, they could have like, they were a huge company when they were just making iPods and now they made the iPhone and that's like it blew iPod sales out of the water and now they don't, they killed off the, the original iPod now this on, uh, last Tuesday at their keynote, they didn't mention it. It hadn't been updated for years, and they finally stopped. They don't sell just an iPod anymore. You can get the Shuffle or you can get the touchscreen one, but they don't have the Classic. Like the Nano? The iPod Classic.
0: Oh, the Classic. Yeah. Sorry. So the one with the, Oh, okay. The,
1: the Nano is totally different than the one that's got a touchscreen yeah. and everything, but yeah. they, don't, they don't rest. They're already, like, they released, or they at least talked about, they announced the new watch. Yeah. And... It is something like that. Maybe not necessarily exactly that is going to be the next sort of level of communication. We don't necessarily see where it is, but they're, they're pushing boundaries all the time. Right. And so I don't think they care that the iPhone will eventually stop selling millions of devices uh, or tens of millions every quarter because they're already thinking 10 steps ahead. Yeah. They're not only putting out this brand new thing that is better than anything in its category. But they are already, again, they see the deficiencies in it and they're already thinking to the next thing. So,
0: so that, that's interesting because it just seems like there's a common theme when we talk about success. Like it's, it's seems like it's like thinking about the next thing and thinking about how you can become better. Like constantly improving and that's, that's success or that that's the way to success is just constantly reinventing or improving yourself. Yeah. So I think that that's something that we can, we can probably take examples like Apple Mm -hmm. and apply it to our own lives. Like look at what we are doing where, where we want to go. And then when we get there, like look at
1: where
0: you be thinking about the next thing the whole time. Right. It's like when you're driving or when you're riding a bike or something like that, you don't just like, just like, continue to look at yeah one spot and you ride up to it and you just you know you're always looking forward sure um i think that's okay so i think that that's a i'm learning something right now it's <laughs> happening on air <laughs>
1: yeah but that that's the way that i've been approaching all the stuff i'm doing is mm-hmm. i'm learning and i know that i like right now i'm not i'm never going to be happy with where i am right now yeah i'm always looking to what the next thing is going to be mm-hmm So I think, yeah, success,
0: success then, if I can tweak my definition a little bit, is never stopping and finding, but never stopping within the realms of that fulfillment. And that fulfillment can come from various disciplines. If you feel like you've reached your end at a specific thing, then you can try your hand at other things. Success is just never stopping at finding happiness, I think.
1: Well, uh, like Bruno Mars, for instance, was a very successful, um, what do you call it, when they play studio musician? Yeah. yeah. And, and songwriter. Yeah. 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 And so he just trucked away at that, and now it's paid off, and he is multi-whatever. I don't know if he's platinum, but I'm going to call him multi-platinum. He's a fantastically
0: <laughs> yeah. talented artist. Yeah. And he, yeah, he put his time in. But then it's, it's frustrating to see other people that don't put their time in. Yeah, that's true. And then they get... Success, but I feel like those are the people that won't last. Yeah, because they it was just handed to them, yeah. so they don't have the work ethic. Yeah, like they've never had to do anything for it, so they won't appreciate it and as he, much as someone who had to work yeah. for it.
1: You can definitely see. I think one of the people that that makes me think of is Justin Bieber. Sure. I don't know how he's going to handle. He's. Uh, I, I don't and, think what is he doing much of anything. What has right he done now? the last couple of years? Well, he retired, quote unquote. And right. He's going to come back. Amanda Bynes retired and she's back. Is she or back, did, though? Or did
0: she leave again? <laughs> I don't know. I've but, actually uh, been meaning to check up on Amanda Bynes. What's going on with her? <laughs> Amanda,
1: please. <laughs> um, but uh, he he's an interesting case because he mm-hmm. did put a lot of work in. He mm-hmm. got lucky in a lot of ways, but he put a lot of work in. And he could come out of this stronger. He could do an NSYNC and Justin Timberlake mm-hmm. and be successful as an adult, too. Mm-hmm. But it's going to take continued work. And uh, maybe he has the work ethic. Maybe he doesn't. I don't think that story's written yet. Yeah. Justin
0: Bieber and people that have come after him are the product of a different age, though. Yeah. Because Justin Bieber is a product of YouTube.
1: Yeah. He's um, one of the first products of YouTube. Yeah.
0: And a lot of people since then are the product of YouTube, mm-hmm. um, which is fantastic. YouTube has done great things for people. Yeah. Um, but there are people like Bruno Mars, like Justin Timberlake, that really had to they didn't have that platform no not like they really had to start from scratch whereas anybody could be a celebrity within 15 seconds if you put the right video together
1: you could be a celebrity for 15 minutes
0: yeah but okay what i what i it's it's about making yourself better though right it's about like so when i was in um london Uh, Becca and I got tickets to go see Jersey Boys because they were on like discount and we were like because it's
1: not anywhere near New Jersey no
0: (laughs) I was actually worried that they were going to speak with British accents but they they stuck with the Jersey accent and it was very authentic but the thing about so the Jersey Boys is about the Four Seasons, um, Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons, and they had a couple hits. But what really made them was that they got this guy who played piano, and he was pretty young, and he but he just had a, a knack for making catchy tunes. Yeah. And so when they got their first big hit, he was already looking to the next one because he said, "Like you make one hit, you're a one hit wonder." Like and you can be forgotten tomorrow. Yeah. You make two, you make three. Okay, you got some chops. Like that's that's great. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You make four, then you get then you get to start being in people's minds. Then you become sort of a household name. Um, I feel like people who are only famous for fifteen minutes kind of just like ride that out. Like, yeah. And they milk all that's worth out of that thing and don't think about the next thing. Um, because if you, if you have that thing, like if you get yourself on the scene pretty soon, like people's minds are p- fickle things. Like, do you remember when the ALS ice bucket challenge was a thing? Yeah. Like that was a huge thing, like a few weeks ago yeah. and we're already like looking for something else. Cause people get so bored. Like yeah. there's only, only so many times that I will laugh yeah. at people were anybody.
1: bored almost instantly. I think, Yeah, but there's, but any- they felt bad not continuing to be And there's yeah. only
0: so many times where I'm going to laugh at, like, ain't nobody got time for that yeah. or, you know, hide your kids, hide your wife, yeah. you know, like that people are going to, it's almost like you're forced to do it anyway. If you want to yeah. be yeah. successful, you are forced to look for the next thing mm-hmm. because people are going to expect the next thing from you. Yeah. Um, so those, those people who are, you know, 15 minutes of fame, good for them. Like yeah. they... Like Anton Dodson yeah, from, from that, that,
1: he bought a house and he got a well, William money. Hung is another example. Like right. they do one thing and that, that's fine. Yeah, that's but they're fine. Not, they're not thinking about the next thing and they no. maybe they don't need to.
0: Maybe they don't need to. Maybe that's success for them. Like maybe yeah. they don't care. But um, But I think that you have to keep striving like we've been talking about. Like you have to keep going. And that's the only way that you're going to continue – being in people's minds. Like you basically have to throw yourself at them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, Hey, look at me. Like, this is what I've done now. And this yeah. is
1: what I'm doing. Um, yeah. If you're not doing the next thing, somebody else is. Yeah. And so you it's survival of your the own fittest thing. Yeah.
0: Like success is survival of the fittest. Like whoever is there. I actually, I don't know if you watched, um, new girl yet. Yes, new I girl did. Premiere. And Winston's, uh, philosophy, on taking someone home with you after a wedding is just be there. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it sounds thought, so creepy. But. Yeah.
0: But you can really, you can really apply that to being successful. Like you just have to be there. Yeah. Like when they, when they wake up in the morning, be there. Like, and I think that that's, especially on YouTube, those people who put a video out like every week or yeah. like every day, every day, like they, they are really successful because they, they are there and they're in the oh, Yeah. They're in people's face constantly and people like routine like people like knowing that next week there will be another my drunk kitchen or whatever it is like like people people love that and they're there and they're those people are always there and it's something that people can rely on and they're never going to forget about it because it's just always there yeah so i think that you just have to be there in order to be successful if you if you gain success and you want to maintain that success you have to keep thinking about what's coming next and you just have to be there so that when when we talk about like sons of pluto yeah. you know sons of pluto goes through these surges of like when especially when there's a show that we're going to do like there's tons of activity and yeah. a lot of people but in those times be- in between we're not really doing much right. but we need to get better at just being there and becoming something that people can expect and something yeah. that people can enjoy yeah
1: but, I mean, th- there's a certain thing to be said in music and in certain things where you want to have that off period. Like yeah. TV has a summer for a reason yeah. where there's where there's nothing. Yeah. And bands don't make any noise until they put an album for a reason. Yeah, But yeah, there's definitely something to be said when you're trying to build recognition to... Even if you're not putting out... You're obviously not putting out an EP every few months. You're not... Right. You can't... If you have a full-time job, you can't play shows every few weeks. No. But... There's something to be said for doing something. You
0: can do something. Yeah. You can always do something.
1: Yeah. Um, Remind people that you still exist.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, so that you're never forgotten. Like I said, the public will chew you up and spit you out. Like, they'll yeah. take all that you're worth and then you're worth nothing at the yeah, end of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then they move on to the next thing. And that's something that I'm actually kind of worried about if I were to pursue music. yes, yeah. how would I be treated? Because a lot of times, artists are treated as commodities yeah oh yeah like very few artists have independence of their own i don't know if a lot of people know that beyonce and jay-z i think are the only two that i can think of (laughs) they're like the queen of music in history (laughs) um (laughs) but you know a lot of artists are just doing what they're told they're just like
1: they're just puppets for the puppeteers that we never see well actors are the same way yeah they're they're just saying words they they probably don't believe a lot of what they're saying especially if it's Controversial, or
0: well, and, and a lot of actors like you have to do three movies for the studio, and you have, and then you get to do like one movie for yourself. Yeah. Like a lot of actors, especially, let's say, like Johnny Depp is a really uh, whimsical type of actor. Like he. I'm sure that he'd be drawn to a lot more alternative roles than we see him in, but it's just that Johnny Depp is a commodity, yeah. and the studios know that they can get a lot of money. Hugh uh, Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, there's... You know, yeah. a lot of a lot of people, and, in, in like, in some way, you almost feel sad for those people. You almost yeah, feel like definitely. they're, like, the trained monkey or, like, the trained bear at a circus, yeah. you know? Um, because it might seem glamorous, but they they actually might be really, really
1: miserable because they yeah. have no control over their life. Well, Rob Williams being a really great example of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I went the, the week after, uh, he died. I went and watched Bicentennial man and Aladdin back to back. And both those movies are just about how someone's trapped for their entire life. And then they're finally set free. And i uh, like, wow, he like, there's a thing there. That's yeah. definitely,
0: I wonder if that really resonated yeah. with him, like on a personal level. Yeah. Um, something just sidebar about Robin Williams I read I don't know if this is true but apparently like when artists have I don't know if you read this but when artists and um, actors like have events that they perform at or that they're involved in they send over a list list of like demands and that's where you find like the rock stars need only green M&M's in the green room and like that kind of thing Um, apparently Robin Williams as one of his demands he always had that whatever he was involved in that event that organization, that company had to hire a certain amount of homeless people and give them a job for a certain amount of time. Um, and whatever he did, that was, that was part of his list of demands. So he, and I'm finding out all these, and it's terrible that you only find these things about people when they're, when they're gone and people say all these nice things about people when they're gone. Um, I'm finding out that he was just so, so generous and he was so kind and loving and caring and so genuine, and he just like thrived on making people laugh. And he was so fearless. And it's so sad that we have one less person like yeah, that in oh, the yeah, world. definitely. Because there are so many people who are so selfish, like so many people who would never do even a fraction of what Robin Williams did. And but the thing is, Robin Williams didn't ask anything no. ab- for it. Like he he took his situation mm-hmm. and he propagated that that feeling and and that advantage to other people who are less advantaged and he didn't say anything about it only now i'm no. finding yeah. out all these things oh, yeah, i didn't definitely. know he was that amazing but some people like you see some stars that are like they go and they like dig they hole. go and they bring a homeless person to an award show and then talk about it constantly <laughs> right. or they like put they take a brick and they put it on top of another brick And then there's a bunch of pictures that are being taken. And then it's like, Oh, this person is such a humanitarian, but they probably like go back to the hotel where they get like a steak dinner after, you know, stuff like that. Um, but Robin Williams was so kind and genuine and kind, and he didn't ask anything about it and ask anything for it. And, and that's, I think that's the true beauty of it. Like that's the true spirit of, of being able to give and being able to be charitable is that you're not asking anything in return? Because if you anyone who's able to be charitable is in a position where they don't, they are not receiving charity, but sure. they're giving charity. So, you know, if you're in that position, you can afford to be nice and and do something for someone else. Right. Um, as long as it fulfills you, that's what success is all about. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I feel like we've been talking for a long time. We have, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's probably a good place to stop. I feel like we've i've i've gotten your definition of success, and yeah. you've modified yours a little bit. I have. I learned something, so thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you for coming. Yeah, uh, yeah let's get some to eat. I'm. <laughs> I'm starving. Thanks for being here, and <laughs> thank uh, you for having me. It was very, it was awesome, eye opening, mm-hmm. and yeah. learn more stuff about you. Yeah, I don't think you learned anything about me. Do you I like think stuff me? about Jason Siegel? Uh, did I? I
0: definitely learned stuff about you. You only asked me here to ask me about Jason Segel. This thing isn't even
1: on, is it? This red light doesn't mean anything. The red light just means getting power.
0: Oh, I see. So really,
1: before we go, uh, let people know where they can find you online. Um, you
0: can find me through Sons of Pluto. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sons of Pluto if I do say so myself, is a great and talented Ottawa band. I can um, say that too. There. You can say that? Okay. Yeah. And so on Facebook, uh, just type in Sons of Pluto and we've got our own page. Um, we're really trying to get to 500 likes. Yeah.
1: Or like 350 we're or something? Almost at 400 followers on Twitter as well. At Sons nice. of Pluto. Or at 398 or something. So
0: at Sons of Pluto on Twitter, Sons of Pluto on Facebook, www.sonsofpluto.com. Um, and you can email us at info at sons dot com. Yeah. Um, so we're all over the place for me, for Damien Brooms, um, I guess Facebook, Twitter.
1: Facebook, Twitter. if you want to, you can go on Twitter and see his pestering Jason Siegel. It's
0: not pestering. <laughs> it was
1: 140
0: characters of just, hey, how are you? Yeah, that's fair. Very- that, that's really it. That really sums up my entire interaction with him is just being there, but not being there
1: too much. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being here again. Thank, Thank you very uh, much. Let's go eat. All right. Okay. That was episode two of fake it with me, Robert Trell. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this and you can find the past episode as well as future episodes at fake which is its permanent home for the time being. If you're interested in hearing more, you can let me know by leaving a comment here or at Robitrell on Twitter. You can also find the show itself on Twitter at Fake It Show. Leave me a comment there if there's anything you're interested in hearing or guests you might want to suggest. Thanks again for your attention and we'll see you next time.